When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Jake Crumpler. What's up, fellow fantasy managers? Welcome back to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. My name is Jake Crumpler, and it's the weekend, so as always, I'll be taking over for Bubba as the host of the weekend editions of the podcast. You can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter and can find all of my work at CrumplerBaseball.com. Let's dive into everything baseball related from Friday, April 28th, kicking it off with the transactions, injuries, news, and notes from around the league. On a sour note, we have our IL placements, starting off with Garrett Whitlock, a pitcher for the Red Sox, being placed on the 15-day IL with right elbow neuritis. I wouldn't say he's doomed, but it's definitely threatening given Jeffrey Springs suffered the same injury earlier this year and ended up needing Tommy John surgery. So this will likely be longer than a minimum stay for Whitlock, but injuries like this can vary widely. Brian Bayo was recalled in a corresponding move and will take over in the rotation for Whitlock, but fingers crossed Whitlock can return as soon as possible this season. J.D. Martinez, a designated hitter for the Dodgers, was placed on the 10-day IL with lower back tightness. It doesn't seem too serious right now, so it'll likely be a minimum stay. The team recalled catcher Will Smith from the concussion IL and in their flurry of moves on Friday. He had an extended absence with that concussion, and as of now, he's set to ease back into catching and will be the DH for the weekend. But J.D. Martinez should be back shortly, and they have their catcher back. Lastly, starting pitcher Kenta Maeda of the Twins is likely to be placed on the 15-day IL with a right triceps strain. He'll be shut down for the next three to seven days. It is somewhat positive that it's not related to the Tommy John surgery he's been recovering from over the past year plus, but this could still be an extended absence given he's not going to throw for almost a week. Starting pitcher Bailey Ober was recalled to replace him in the rotation, which is somewhat exciting because he was a guy that was pretty solid during his first couple of years in the majors, and he's pitched to a two and a half ERA in 17 innings at AAA, and he tossed five and two-thirds innings of one earned run ball in his brief season debut just last week. In terms of transactions, outfielder Michael Harris II was activated from the 10-day IL after he had been gone for quite a while with a lower back strain. MH2 is back in center field and playing every day for the Braves. A big group of transactions saw a lot of guys being reinstated from the paternity list. This will be dubbed our All-Star Break Baby Challenge group as Cody Bellinger, Max Muncy, and Bruce Dark Gratterall, all members of the 2022 Dodgers, returned from having brand new children. And in terms of our news, starting pitcher Justin Verlander finally completed his rehab assignment. Finally, it lasted just one start, <laughs> but he wasn't scored upon and apparently touched 95 miles per hour, which is good to see. He's set to take on his former team in the Tigers 
Tigers on May 3rd in his Mets debut, so that'll be an exciting day for Mets fans and baseball fans alike. Starting pitcher Tyler Molly of the Twins has an impingement in the back of his elbow. He was given anti-inflammatories and he'll be reevaluated in the next two to three days, 48 to 72 hours. So it's still unsure if his start will just be pushed back or if he'll require an IL stint. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Relief pitcher Pete Fairbanks of the Rays left his outing early as he was attempting to close down the save. Just one out to go and he was removed because he was dealing with finger numbness. It's concerning because he did have Raynaud syndrome in the past, which can cause finger numbness. So it's not the best symptom for someone like him to have. He hopes to pitch again this series, and right now he should be considered day-to-day. Starting pitcher Jose Quintana of the Mets played catch for the first time since his rib surgery, so it's good to see him finally starting to work his way back. In terms of former Mets, starting pitcher Jacob deGrom was removed from his start. The early diagnosis was forearm tightness, which is not great to hear. It's probably the last set of words a starter wants to hear, and especially one with the injury history of deGrom. So we're going to want to wait to hear more news on that one, but hopefully it's good. And lastly, outfielder Aaron Judge, 2022 AL MVP, received an MRI on his hip it showed something i'm doing air quotes here the yankees will wait for the team doctor to weigh in on whatever that something is as of now an il stint is not out of the question now we'll move on and check out the notable performances from around the league on friday there were 12 games there were supposed to be 14 two of them were postponed Baltimore and Detroit and Pittsburgh and Washington. Both of those matchups will be made up in double headers on Saturday. And also the Giants and Padres have the day off as they prepare for the Mexico series, which starts today. So we'll kick off our notable performances with the hitters. Leading off, we've got Miguel Vargas, who finally hit his first home run in this one as the Dodgers took down the Cardinals. That first home run traveled 378 feet and it's nice to see him finally tap into that power. He's shown incredible plate skills this season, walking over 18% of the time and striking out just over 19% of the time, and that was probably helped by the broken finger he had in spring training when the Dodgers instructed him not to swing at all, so he's become very patient, but I think he could actually use some more aggressiveness as his swing rate is in the 10th percentile, under 40%. If he did start swinging more, I think it would help him provide more power and average like he showed today. This is a guy that had great success in the minor leagues and even if he keeps doing what he's been doing he's great in points leagues because of that discipline and he's got corner and middle infield eligibility at first and second base which is super appealing we'll keep the deep league guys going with will brennan as he hit his first home run in boston as the guardians took home the win he was also the only player to earn a combo meal as he went one for three scoring twice with a home run and a steal Brennan fits the mold of Cleveland hitters as he avoids strikeouts, striking out less than 16% of the time, and he makes a lot of contact. He's got an 85th percentile contact rate. As of now, he's platooning in right field, and he's batting low in the lineup. It's a strong side of the platoon, and the Guardians lineup is pretty deep, but... As of now, I don't think he's going to hit for a lot of power, and he'll mostly be a good source of average with a few steals. Without an everyday role, I think he might just be a streamer with more appeal in points leagues because of his ability to avoid striking out. But I think with a bigger role, this could actually be an interesting guy. It's maybe a year or two away until he really starts to tap into the power that might be dormant in his bat, but definitely an interesting guy to stream every once in a while. And lastly, we've got Brent Rooker continuing his great season and the A's lost despite his efforts, which is a common occurrence so far this season. Rooker was perfect at the plate, going three for three, scoring twice, hitting a home run with two RBIs and a walk. 
He's now got eight home runs on the season and a 1,200 OPS. It seemed like he was destined to be a quad A player after a couple short stints across a couple teams that didn't really come with great performance, but he's found a home and playing time in Oakland. He's seeing every day at bats and is batting like third or fourth, which is incredible. He's also flashed big power in the minors with a multiple 300 plus ISO seasons and, a, and another 250 plus ISO season. So he's definitely a guy that can hit 30 plus home runs. It's been the strikeouts that have always held him back. That's been his big bugaboo, but he's fixed that drawback this year as he's striking out just 18% of the time to go with a 16.7% walk rate. That's incredible plate discipline and not something that Rooker has ever been known for. And as you know, if you've been listening to these weekend editions of the podcast, walk rate and strikeout rate are some of the quickest stabilizing metrics in all of baseball. I think right now Rooker should be owned in every league despite the lack of a sporting cast in Oakland because he's just doing so great. And speaking of a supporting cast, First baseman of the A's, Ryan Noda, deserves a nod today as he went three for four, scoring four times while blasting a home run and walking. He's now up to three home runs on the year. That home run traveled 427 feet. That was a bomb. He has had some big seasons in the minors, and he was actually my number one ranked Rule 5 draft pick for fantasy. If you want to go check out that article, it's on pitcherlist.com. And he's on the strong side of a platoon and is probably worth a stream every once in a while when he's facing righties. But if you'd like more information from the top performers from the hitter side, check out the Daily Batters Box article over on PitcherList.com. Now we'll head to the mound and check out the notable starter performances from Friday. The first one we'll look at is Jack Flaherty against the Dodgers. Not the best of times for him as he tossed just four and two-thirds innings, allowed seven hits and four and runs while walking two, but he did strike out seven. And what's most appealing is that he induced 15 whiffs with a 34% CSW across 110 pitches. It seems like he's finally figured something out after an odd start to the season when he was just walking everybody. His curveball was snapping like a dragon in this one as it induced 11 whiffs on its own with a 52% CSW on just 29 pitches. I think that shows something that he was able to perform so well with that pitch despite struggling in this one. I think that portends future success and if he can keep the ball around the zone with the curve working like that, he should be just fine in his next matchup against the Angels. Speaking of the Angels, Angels starter Tyler Anderson had a tungsten arm O'Doyle moment as he's tossed six and two-thirds innings with five hits, allowing just one run, walking three, and striking out seven, inducing 20 whiffs to lead baseball on the day and earn the gallows pole while earning a 31% CSW. He took home the no decision and the team took home the loss as they could not push across more than one run. The most interesting thing about Tyler Anderson last year was that mastering his changeup was the key to his breakout with the Dodgers. So far in 2023, he's been missing that changeup until tonight where it finally showed up for 13 whiffs and a 47% CSW across 45 pitches. It's a bit of a dice roll whether or not he still has the feel for that changeup and is able to carry it over into his next start, but that will be the pitch that decides his fate when he takes on the Rangers next time out. Lastly, we've got Aaron Nola taking on the Houston Astros as he helped the team to a win and earned a win himself by going eight innings, allowing just three hits, no one runs, no walks, and six strikeouts. That whip was great and the ERA was perfect. He induced 11 whiffs with a 29% CSW across 107 pitches. It's been an uncharacteristically slow start for Nola, but it looks like he's starting to turn things around across his past three starts despite his lack of strikeouts. Even without the curveball at its best today, the rest of his arsenal came together to help him survive eight frames. This doesn't really ease my qualms with Nola's first month of struggles, but his track record suggests a strong five months ahead. He'll have a challenge in his next start in Chavez Ravine, and that will really make me feel one way or another about Nola. 
Make sure to check out the Plus Pitch podcast and read Nick's daily starting pitcher roundup for news about every single starting pitcher from Friday. Lastly, we'll close things out with the relievers that recorded saves and the closers that pitched on Friday, starting off with the guys that got saves. Jorge Lopez got a save for the Twins as Johan Duran had an immigration-related meeting outside of the country and was unavailable. Jordan Romano and Emmanuel Classe both recorded their nine saves to tie Josh Hader for the Major League lead. Kevin Kelly came in and swooped the final out from Pete Fairbanks to record a save. Will Smith got a save for the Rangers, and it's worth noting that he faced no lefties. There was supposed to be one due up, but it got pinch hit for us. So that's interesting. He might be the go-to closer here. Jose Alvarado got another one as well. He looks like one of the best relievers in all of baseball, and Devin Williams got one for himself, and those have been few and far between for him and the Brewers. And now we turn to the closers that pitched on Friday outside of save situations or blew their save, starting with AJ Puck, who pitched in a tie game game and earned the win. Pete Fairbanks, as we talked about, was removed. Ronaldo Lopez also pitched in a tie ball game and Daniel Bard pitched in the eighth inning. But if you'd like a lowdown on every single bullpen from around the league, check out the daily reliever ranks article over on pitcherlist.com. And before we look forward to today, we're going to take a quick break. Fads come and go and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Now we'll send it over to the wonderful Mark Paquette with the weather. Thanks very much, Jake. Well, when we look at today's forecast for the Northeast and the Mid-Atlantic, it's really not too much different than it was yesterday. It's going to rain. It's going to rain quite a bit at times. And there's going to be a few lulls as well. But one thing you can be assured of that's going to be cold and breezy. The two games that I'm talking about here are the Mets as they continue to try to play the Braves and the Nationals down the road uh, I-95 a bit in the nation's capital. Those are the games that we're going to have to look out. They certainly could be postponed. The good news is the places to the west that were pretty wet today, I mean yesterday, Minnesota and Detroit haven't proved that they should be able to get those games in. Back to you. Thanks, Mark. Now we'll look forward to Saturday, April 29th. We've got we've got 17 games on the docket, one of which will be played in Mexico, which that'll be very exciting and probably worth the watch. We'll start our daily forecast with the probable starters. I like to kick it off with my matchup of the day. In this one, we've got Corbin Burns versus Reed Detmers. That should be a good one. 
old ace versus upcoming ace. That should be a fun watch. Our auto start tier has nine guys on Saturday, including Burns and Detmers. We've got Spencer Strider at the Mets, Kevin Gaussman versus the Mariners, and Tatiaga Clayton Kershaw versus the Cardinals. Our probably start tier has six guys, and that's where we'll find our streamer of the day, Vince Velasquez at the Nationals. The Nationals have not been hitting well at all, and Velasquez is on a roll with his heater and his slider, so he could have some success in this one. I would also keep an eye out for Sean Manaya at San Diego. Definitely a scary matchup, something I wouldn't do unless I have to, but his velocity is still way up there and you never know what he can do from night to night. And I would also keep an eye on Dean Kramer as he takes on the Tigers. He's been pretty up and down this season, but the Tigers bats can absolutely disappear on any given night. In terms of hitter suggestions, I think this one's pretty obvious. I would look at Orioles, Tigers, Pirates, and Nationals hitters as all of them get two games on Saturday. Kerry Carpenter gets to face two righties. Austin Hayes gets two lefties outside of Baltimore. That's a really interesting DFS play. Carlos Santana and Rodolfo Castro get to face Patrick Corbin and Chad Cool. Some of the best matchups you can get as a hitter. And Stone Garrett, a lefty masher, could take Rich Hill deep in the first half of the doubleheader against the Pirates. I would also probably target Giants and Padres hitters. I don't really know what the park looks like in Mexico, but it's probably going to be hot and the ball could be flying. Now we'll close things out with our relievers to watch. On Saturday, AJ Puck has gone back-to-back days for the Marlins, so I would expect Dylan Flora to have the best chance of vulturing a save there. Both Reynaldo Lopez and Kendall Graveman have pitched on consecutive days for the White Sox, so I think Aaron Bummer and Joe Kelly will have first dibs on the ninth inning. And lastly, if Pete Fairbanks is out after dealing with the numb fingers, Jason Adam would be the first man up to replace him. But that'll do it for today's episode of the First Pitch Podcast. Make sure to head on over to PitcherList.com to check out all of the great articles and features we have on the site, including amazing player pages and daily DFS suggestions. Join PL Pro to gain access to the Discord, to interact with PitcherList staff and members of the community, and to utilize the in-season tools to help you win your leagues. That'll wrap up this edition of the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Crumpler. Tune in tomorrow and every day for a new installment of the podcast and make sure to enjoy the day as we are blessed with another day of baseball. This has been the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.